0: Welcome one, welcome all. Glad to have you. And uh, back on the air, and uh, the Bill Michael Show continues on. On this uh, Wednesday, as uh, we continue on in the second hour of the program, we heard Matt LaFleur a little while ago speak and uh, basically say that, hey, everybody's coming back, which which is huge news. You get basically, uh, listen to this, Randall Cobb is back, Jair Alexander is back, Billy Turner is back, Darius Smith is back, David Bakhtiari is back, and Josh Myers is back. All of these starters are now back for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but you got a, a super wild card weekend coming up. And to talk more about it from NFL Wire, our buddy Mark Schofield is with us. Mark, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Bill. How are you, my friend?
0: We're good. Uh, We're anticipating whoever happens to come into Lambeau Field uh, a week from Sunday, but uh, you got some good ones on the docket this week. Starting off with uh, a guy that is getting a lot of run, as Pro Football Focus said, he's one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals, trying to get a a playoff win for the first time since 1991 against a Raiders team who uh, went uh, toe-to-toe with the Chargers until the very end. Talk a little bit about this contest and this matchup.
1: Yeah, I think this is one of the more intriguing games of the the wildcard weekend slate. And they're all fantastic games on paper. I think what I'm going to be watching for, you know, these two teams played earlier this year. What was interesting about that game was, you know, the Raiders were able to get some pressure on Burrow, who's been very good against pressure this year. They pressured him on almost 26% of his dropbacks. What was, what was interesting about how, how the Raiders did it, they only blitzed them twice, according to the chart and data I've seen and from watching that game. They were really able to get pressure with four, and that's, you know, that's the cliched line, right? Like, how do you win a game? Oh, you get pressure with four, you can play with seven in the secondary, but that's oftentimes easier said than done. They were able to do it. They were able to get pressure on Burrow, just blitzing them twice, you know, move, force them off the spot, move them around in the backfield, and play with the coverage numbers that you need because... You've got Jamar Chase to deal with. You've got Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins to deal with. And plus, with the Bengals, they do so much stuff out of empty formations anyway. If you can sort of pressure them before, which they're able to do when they've only got five in protection, you're going to have some shots to sort of get after him or at least create some opportunities in the secondary. And so if they can do that again, I think the Raiders have a good shot of winning this game. But if the Bengals are able to protect Burrow and give him time, whether they're in those empty formations with just five, or they're, you know, they got six in protection with a back end or a tight end, Cincinnati's going to have a very good day.
0: Then uh, you've got the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, both of these games taking place on Saturday, by the way. The Patriots on the road, they beat the Bills in that I- infamous wind game where they just ran the ball down their throat all day long, and the Bills didn't have an answer for it. Mac Jones uh, obviously gets getting a lot of run as rookie of the year. But the Bills with Josh Allen, they were the expected favorite coming into the season by many out of the AFC. Uh, the pay, They've each shared a win on the road against one another. Give me your breakdown there.
1: Yeah, I don't think this game is going to be hard to figure out, right, Bill? New England wants to run the football. They want to sort of live what Matt Jones has to do. If the Bills can sort of slow that run game down, and, you know, they, they did a pretty good job of it, even that game they lost, right? You had the long touchdown run, but... Other than that, it wasn't like New England was running all over them. They actually struggled a little bit more in that second game, the one that they won. But if they could slow this game down a little bit from a run game standpoint from New England and force Mac Jones to do what I'd like to call sort of make the scholarship throw, right? You know, Mac Jones, if, if Mac Jones beats you throwing for 350 yards, but he's just throwing three yard crossers, that's a problem. You know, if you could take those away from him, make him throw the deep out route, the deep corner route, and, you know, beat you over the top of the defense, which is something that's not a strength of his game right now. And then you sort of tip your hat and say, man, he got it done. But you can't let him beat you throwing crossers. I think Buffalo is going to want to stop the run, constrict the middle of the field, sort of that tackle box kind of area, right, from tackle to tackle, 0-10 downfield, force him to beat you outside the numbers. And I think Buffalo – has the ability to do that. They showed that they were able to do something schematically in that second game to take away some of those throws to force Jones to the outside. So I certainly think Buffalo has the advantage in this one. And another thing to watch that sort of undercard matchup when the bills have the football, everybody's excited. Stefan Diggs versus JC Jackson. That's a heavyweight bout between two very good players. Behind J.C. Jackson, though this Patriots secondary is a little thin. Jalen Mills just popped up on the COVID list, so he's going to be it's going to be a tough call if he can go. They're getting Miles Bryant back from the COVID list, but in that Week 16 game, Isaiah McKenzie had a huge afternoon, over 100 yards receiving, working against Miles Bryant. So, if you think that sort of heavyweight belt between Diggs and Jackson's a push, Buffalo certainly has an advantage in those undercards, and so Josh Allen might want to look other to other receivers than Stephon Diggs on Saturday night.
0: Looking at the Buccaneers hosting the Eagles, uh, both of these teams, they run the ball well. Fournette is coming back, it appears. The Buccaneers at least getting a little bit healthier. Uh, But the Eagles, they get in, they're happy to be there, but they want to run the ball and run the ball hard against the defensive front, which is number one against the run. So how does this one work out?
1: Yeah, you have to pick obviously, with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what they're able to do on both sides of the ball. They have a severe advantage in this one. You're right, Bill, the Eagles are going to want to run the football. When these two teams played back on October 14th, that was what I'd sort of say the first half of the Eagles season, where they were one of the teams that threw it a little bit more on first and second downs. Since that time, they've really flipped the switch, and now they run the ball more than anybody else in those early first and second down situations. They want to run the football, but you're going up against a defensive front that, like you said, can stop the run. Vita Vea and company, very good, very stout on the interior, stopping the run and forcing you to play one-dimensional football. We've seen teams like the Colts a couple weeks ago, they basically just threw it all the time because they couldn't run the ball against that front. The Eagles have an advantage with Hurts and his legs, they can do some stuff schematically. They can use him as a runner. I think when they throw the football, they'll probably move him around a little bit. They had some success with that when they played back in October, but they're going to have to play a perfect game to win this. And when you watch that game, particularly what the Buccaneers did on offense, they sometimes had been covered up, but Tom Brady is just too good. You can get the pressure with four. You can play different coverages against them. And even when you do everything right, he can still beat you. And so, Buccaneers certainly have the advantage in this one. They'll have to play a perfect game. Weather might be a concern. Supposed to be some rain down there. Weather might be interesting to track this weekend. We're getting a sort of system moving through the country. But if the you know, Eagles play a perfect game, it still might not be enough.
0: 49ers winning four of their last five. They go into Dallas as a hot team. Dallas, we all thought they they had their ills cured against the Washington football team when they beat the hell out of them. And then after that, it was kind of an up-and-down Dak Prescott. They run the ball well, but they tend to get away from it. Uh, We've seen this story before under Mike McCarthy when he was in uh, Green Bay. Give me your lowdown on the 49ers heading into AT&T Stadium to face the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. I have a neighbor. I live here in the D.C. area, but he's a huge Forty ers fan. He's going to be headed down to to Jerry World, as he calls it, this week. And there's a lot of excitement about the Niners, and, and with good reason. They might be sort of the that proverbial team nobody wants to play. They can run the ball extremely well. You know, their, their offensive coordinator Mike Mitchell is getting some offensive, some head coaching looks. Kyle Shanahan. They do a great job designing things in the run game, creating extra gaps, using movement and motion to sort of screw with the the run keys for the linebackers and things like that. And so they do a very good job constructing the run game, and they're going to be a tough team to face. You know, Garoppolo might make sort of a big mistake or two. You know, he might throw an interception here or there. Trayvon Diggs is a bit of a gambler as a cornerback. You know, he might give up some separation, might give up, you know, a big play here or there. But He's the kind of quarterback that can make Garoppolo pay if he sort of tries to take the cheese on something, tries to get cute with a throw. But the 49ers look to me, Bill, like that team nobody wants to play right now. They can run the ball effectively. They can, you know, slow down this Cowboys offense, which, like you said, they can do some things on the ground, but they tend to get away from that. And so I think this one, in terms of sort of upset watches, this one is one to keep an eye on.
0: Then you've got, uh, real quick, we're talking with Mark Schofield of uh, NFL Wire. You can find him at Mark Schofield on on Twitter. Steelers on the road taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs annihilated the Steelers the first time these two teams met up down at uh, Arrowhead. I I expect somewhat of the same. This is probably Big Ben's last game, but the Steelers have a little more hope. they got this new breath of life. Sometimes that's all you need to get the adrenaline going and to play a little bit better. T.J. Watt obviously going to put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but can he get to him and can that be enough?
1: Yeah, and I think T.J. Watt is going to have to play a huge game for the Steelers to potentially pull off this upset here because you're right, I was just re-watching that game this morning and Kansas City was doing what they wanted to do on offense. The Steelers got into a hole early. They had the sort of flea flicker with Roethlisberger through that interception. Watt's going to have to really sort of speed up Mahomes' internal clock a lot, get him uncomfortable back there, move him off his spot early in the down, Make him sort of have to sort of create outside of the pocket. Don't let him get into a little bit of a rhythm. Maybe force a turnover here or there. Offensively, Pittsburgh, they're going to have to run the football. You know, we expect to see that from them. They're going to have to be smart with some vertical shots downfield. Roethlisberger this year, he's had some success, you know, throwing those nine routes along the boundaries. Guys like Johnson and Claypool go up and get the ball. They're, you're not going to really have some too too much success with where Roethlisberger is right now, say attack in the middle of the field, thrown into tighter windows. But if you can get that single coverage on the outside when they bring that extra safety down to stop the run you might have some opportunities for Roethlisberger to hit on some of those nine routes, those vertical shot plays along the sidelines, some sort of low-risk throws. And so I think that's the recipe for Pittsburgh. They've got to run the football effectively, speed up Mahomes with Wad off the edge, you know, speed up his internal clock, make him make some throws quickly or get a little bit unsettled in the pocket. And then when they have the football again, you get those single-coverage looks when they bring that safety down to the box. Be smart, take some opportunities on the sideline, maybe hit a big player or two here or there. That's kind of the recipe for Pittsburgh. It's going to be a tough ask because, look, when these two teams played recently, it was clear who the better team was from the, from the start of that game. But Pittsburgh's going to punch his chance. Like you said, they've got to weigh in. Sometimes that's all it takes. They're going to have to play a really good game to pull this off.
0: And then last but not least, before we let you go, and that is uh, you got the Cardinals and the Rams coming up on Monday Night Football. After this Super Wild Card weekend culminates. And both teams, I think, extremely good. Both teams, I think, could win it all if they really get on a hot streak. Kyler Murray was on his way to possibly an MVP before getting hurt and just wasn't the same quarterback. Meanwhile, Matthew Stafford, he's expected to take the Rams to the promised land. He hasn't looked very good with turning the ball over down the stretch. How do you see this one going?
1: Yeah, this was an interesting one because you could make a case that both of these teams have a Super Bowl run of them. You could also make the case that both of these teams deserve to be one and done with some of the ways that they've played down the stretch. Arizona, you know, they've had a little bit of an up and down finish to the season. People thought, oh, yeah, this is your team. Like you said, is looking like an MVP candidate. Then he gets hurt. It's been a little bit shaky since coming back. People have pointed out that these Cliff Kingsbury teams tend to sort of have this late season swoon. Something similar happened with the Rams where we've seen this from Sean McVay teams before they're doing great things offensively defenses start to figure it out. And then McVay sort of struggles to adjust to the adjustments. You know, I think an advantage here for the Arizona Cardinals is, you know, certainly we know what the Rams can do defensively with the guys up front with Donald, you know, with Vaughn Miller, with Leonard Floyd, the way they can get pressure on our opposing passer, but Murray's ability to create, to extend, to make some plays with his legs that can sort of negate that pass rush, slow it down a bit. You pin your ears back. You think that quarterback's gonna be eight yards deep in the pocket behind the center and suddenly he's not there anymore. That slows down the rushes and sort of natural offshoot of that quarterback's mobility. And so looking at this game, I really think that Murray's athleticism is going to be that sort of X factor. Another thing to watch, Vance Joseph as Cardinal's defense very creative with personnel. They'll run this 1-5-5 five, five package where Zach Allen is the only defensive lineman on the field, and five linebackers, five defensive backs. They'll put 7-8 on the line of scrimmage in a passive situation. Everybody in a two-point stance, you don't know who's coming or going. You don't know who's blitzing or dropping. That's tough for offensive linemen. That's tough for the quarterback to figure out. Stafford and company are going to have to navigate that. And if they struggle, like we've seen some other teams struggle with that this year or even last year when they were doing it, that could be a problem for them as well. So I like Arizona in this one. I think they have two little trump cards that they could play on both sides of the ball.
0: Real quick, uh, and I know we're running a little bit late, but I wanted to ask you, what team do you think gives Green Bay the most problems? Because if Green Bay's back to full strength, uh, damn near, without Robert Tanya, without uh, Whitney Merciless, but everybody else is pretty much back on the field short of Elton Jenkins. this team looks to be getting better as everybody else is trying to figure out their injury. So which team matches up best with the Green Bay Packers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think right now the team that matches up best with Green Bay, you probably wouldn't see them until the championship game, and that's Tampa Bay. I mean, I I know that's probably the easy answer, the two seed and all that, but you look at, you know, who they might potentially play in, in the divisional round, whether it's, you know, a team like the Niners with an upset, A team like the Eagles, if they pull off an upset, you know, they have some flaws. They have some things that the Green Bay Packers will be able to sort of take advantage of. They can find ways to stop the run a little bit, slow down those ground games. Certainly they can force mistakes from those two quarterbacks, Garoppolo and Hurts. And so I really think that you take a step back. The team that scares me, if I'm a Packers fan the most, is Tampa Bay. I mean, they've come into Lambeau Field and won last year. It's Tom Brady. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, even when you've got Aaron Rodgers on your own sideline. So I think looking ahead, that's the matchup that would scare me the most.
0: There you go. Uh, Mark, I appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you down the road, okay?
1: Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great day. Have a good one.
0: Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is Mark Schofield uh, with NFL Wire, and you can find him on Twitter at Mark Schofield, at Mark Schofield. And uh, you, can, uh, you can read his stuff there. Uh, good stuff. I mean, breaking down every game this coming weekend. And I think there's many that think that maybe it would be Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that would give the Packers the most problems. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, although they got Leonard Fournette coming back and their run game's pretty solid, uh, their defensive front, certainly. I mean, they, they really pressured Aaron Rodgers last year, figured out ways to do it. But I don't know if they can do all of that again with a little bit of a depleted secondary. So we'll have to wait and see, and see if it even comes to that before it's all said and done. When we come back, uh, we're going to uh, check in first of all with some of the numbers because uh, the NFL reigns supreme. Not that I'm telling you anything you don't already know, but a couple of announcements to make as well. So stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next.
1: Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: have you. Welcome back. Good stuff from Mark Schofield. Good, good stuff. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up a little bit later on in the program as he's going to address the media after practice. Uh, so we'll be listening for that. I already heard from Matt LaFleur a little bit earlier today. The Packers back in the practice field getting uh, almost everybody back. Almost everybody is coming back. Which is just almost... You don't have uh, Elton Jenkins, and you're not going to get Bobby Tanyan, not going to get Whitney Merciless, but just about everybody else is back. Cobb is back. Billy Turner is back. Jair is back. Sidarius is back. You already had Josh Myers and David Bakhtiari back. Things are trending in a really positive direction for Green Bay right now. You know, you you just knock on wood, but, you know, it is what it is. Billy Turner, like I said, back at practice today. Ty Summers is also back today. One of the names that I forgot to mention. Uh, You do have Bakhtiari not at practice today. They have what they call the workload management on David Bakhtiari. They just try to make sure that no inflammation, no swelling, no issues, no problems. So he's not practicing, but he's there. Uh, by the way, the NFL, they continue to reign supreme in so many different ways, but the NFL just wrapped up a huge TV year, uh, courtesy of Mike McCarthy, uh, Michael McCarthy, uh, senior writer, by the way, with USA Today. Uh, the league says the games averaged 17.1 million viewers, both on uh, television and digital when it comes to um, you know many different ways you can consume the NFL now. That is up 10% from last year. And that's the league's highest regular season average since 2015. Fans consumed 370 billion minutes. That's up 18%. So for everything that was the NFL and all the people that were turned off by it and said they're not going to watch it anymore, uh, they must have told their neighbors about it because even more people are watching the NFL and are interested in the NFL than ever before. Dominating in every category, consumption-wise, the NFL reigns supreme. In every category. So the numbers don't lie uh, for what's being consumed by the end. That's the reason the NFL television packages are so huge, because just so many people are watching. So many people are watching. Uh, A couple of things uh, regarding uh, the program. In case you did not know, and I posted it over on the uh, Facebook fan page just a little while ago, but for those that have been clamoring for it, we now have a full-blown podcast. The Bill Michaels Podcast is up, and you can find it on Spotify, on Google Podcast, iTunes. It's now up. The full platform is there. We wanted to make sure before we d- announced it, we did it and did it right, but you can go there and download the shows. You can listen to the shows, you, whatever it is you want. It's right there. Different segments. You can fast forward. You can pause. You can go back. All that kind of stuff. I know there's been a lot of people for a while now that have been asking for it. And up until now, you pretty much found it live in infamy over on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's been been there for a long time. But now the actual audio podcasts of the show uh, are on Spotify, Google, iTunes. You can find us there. Just search The Bill Michael Show, and you can, uh, you can track us down. The Bill Michael Show. On all of those entities. And I, I tried it today and it all works. Uh, and it, it loads right up. You can also uh, find us on simply TheBillMichaels. TheBillMichaels.com uh, the TheBillMichaels.com And it'll take it right there. Right there. So you can find us over on uh, on the website, obviously. TheBillMichaels.com And... It takes you to all those platforms. But it's all right there for you. So go to TheBillMichaels.com or Spotify, you can find us. Google, you can find us. iTunes, you can find us. We're out there. We're out there. So good stuff. Uh, In addition to that, and by the way, they're all up uh, about an hour after the show every day. About an hour after the show ends at 2 o'clock Central Time. They are all posted. It all hits the platforms. So there you go. So that's that's the, the one piece of news. The other piece of news is something we, uh, now, we've been on the air for a year. This is great. I mean, uh, coming up in February, it'll be about a year. So, uh, but we are back on the air in Milwaukee on Monday. Back, it reached uh, an agreement. And uh, we are back on the air on Monday. We will be found uh, on Monday in the Milwaukee area. For those of you listening to the program uh, in many different facets, back on the air in Milwaukee Monday. uh, We come back. We're going to be on uh, AM 920, is where you can find us in Milwaukee. AM 20 in Milwaukee. And we are back on the air in Milwaukee on Monday. So, uh, and you can find us at a regular time. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to air after Dan Patrick. Uh, in the Milwaukee market, so I think it's Dan Patrick till uh, I think it's 11 a.m. Central Time. And then uh, 11 to 2 is our program. I think they carry uh, three hours, three of the four hours. But we're back. So back on on Monday. Uh, Jeff says, any news on MVS and did you hear that Pizza Del Rey closed? Uh, Pizza Del Rey, yes. I knew uh, that, that it was, um, I, I knew that that was happening. Uh, I had gotten a word from the owner um, from a while ago, but I had heard that that was happening, and it's it, disappointing. It's been around a long time up in Eau Claire. Always loved going there, uh, except for the freaky clown uh, game that they had in there that scared the hell out of me. Uh, always loved going over to Pizza Del right So that's, that's kind of a sad thing. Uh, any news on MVS? No news on MVS as of yet. No news on that back issue as of yet. And they don't have to give anything out officially right now. So no news on the back, but uh, that would be the, and it doesn't appear, now back issues can be tricky depending on what it is. If it's muscular, it's one thing. If it's not, um, if it's not muscular, if it's more disc oriented, well then it's, it's something uh, different. But I was never led to believe that it was a disc issue. I was led to believe it was more of a muscular issue that it was just locking up on him. He was having issues with it. So, uh, hopefully they're able to, uh, like I said, at the beginning of the week, they're going to work on that thing all week. He'll be in therapy, whether it's infrared massage, acupuncture, whatever, they'll go through that whole gamut and hopefully MVS is back, uh, back sooner rather than later. Uh, Lucas says, I'm still grieving for pizza Del Rey. Uh, thanks to my buddy, uh, Pete for, uh, introducing me to it. So yeah, it's, uh. I love Pizza Del Rey. I would go, uh, depending on where they would put me up, I would either stay at the Fairfield Inn or the Marriott or over at the, I think it's called the Grand Stay, depending on where they would put me. Uh, But every time I went there, I got a hold of JR and the gang, and they always said, hey, come on in. I'd go in and grab my pepperoni and Italian sausage pizza, and I always get a couple of beverages, uh, six-pack of something, go back to the room, and that was when I sat down. That's when I knew I was in Eau Claire because I did that. I sat down. I started working on whatever it is what I, I needed to get done for the next day in the hotel room, but it was always sitting there with a Pizza Del Rey pizza. And when I would go to uh, Fairfield, uh, the Fairfield Inn, they've got that courtyard in the middle of the thing. It's either, I think it's the courtyard at Fairfield Inn. Uh, But in the summertime, it was great because I'd take the pizza, sit outside, smoke a cigar, do some work. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. But uh, sad day. Pizza Del Rey is no more. In uh, in Eau Claire, maybe somebody buys it, opens it back up under the same name, and they do something with it. But uh, but sad day nonetheless. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next.
1: This is the Bill Michael Show on the
2: Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: we're looking. Phil Michaels show on this Wednesday. Glad to have you back. Um, Packers getting ready uh, back on the practice field today, getting ready for whomever happens to come a calling uh, on uh, a week from Sunday. And yes, it looks like it's going to be a week from Sunday for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Is there a team you want to see them face? What team do you want to come into Lambeau Field? We've talked so much about, oh, you know, who who do you fear? You know, um, well, I, look, I, it's it's there's quite a few teams that you think, well, you know, Tampa Bay, obviously. They know how to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They did it last year, uh, forced a couple of turnovers. They're a hard-hitting team, but they don't have the same secondary. They're not the same team coming into this season or coming into this postseason. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia can run the ball. They can jam it down your throats, and if you can't stop the run, you can be in trouble. Dallas, I think most fans want to see Dallas come into Lambeau Field. Why? Because I think most fans want to see the rematch between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy in the storylines. However, I think it also gives most fans the most anxiety. Not necessarily because, okay, what if you lose and you're not going to the Super Bowl? But if you lose, you lose to Mike McCarthy. And that is somehow sacrilegious in Green Bay, forgetting this guy's got a, a street named after him. 49ers? They give you anxiety. Oh, God, not the damn 49ers again. Here they come. Oh, my God. I don't know for the Rams in Arizona, w- which one of those two teams you want. I think just and watching things outside in, so to speak, Matthew Stafford's not playing some good football right now. Matthew Stafford would have to come into Lambeau Field again and try to get a win and try to shake that bugaboo that he he didn't have much success here when he was with the Lions. Now, the Lions stunk on ice. We all understand that. But it seemed like uh, you know the, the Packers were able to get him almost anywhere and everywhere. And it was always, here we go again, Matthew Stafford against the Packers, throwing the picks, looking bad, yada, yada, yada. So I – who do you most want to see come into Green Bay? If I had my druthers, I think, Ben, you all – now, Ben, would you be going to the game if Philadelphia gets the win over Tampa Bay and they're coming to Lambeau Field next week? I think
2: I'd be working afterwards.
0: Well, but – that would be a forgivable offense if you said, you know what, guys? I'm out. Peace out. I'm getting tickets. I'm going to the game. I think we would all understand that, and we would cover for you.
2: I would go to the game, but don't tell any of the bosses or anybody who would have to sit in this chair. Yeah, no, I, I,
0: that that would be okay. I don't think uh, Ebo or or Nelson or anybody would mind if you ended up going to see your team take on the Packers at Lambeau Field. Right. I don't think we – I think being the sports fans that we are, we would understand it. You know? We would all – I would understand it. I would love to to be able to cross that bridge when it comes. Right? I'm honestly almost more looking
2: forward to the week leading up as 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 the one contrarian in the state. You
0: know what we would try to do is maybe we could get a simulcast with the guys at the whip where we both talk back and forth live on the air towards one another as to the matchup becoming the Green Bay Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh,
2: I can get in touch with WIP for that.
0: That would be something. You go downstairs in the bowels of that building, down to what is called the Cave, and you get a hold of Trevor, and you say, Trevor, we need to do this. And then they hook it up, and then there you go. We get the guys from the Whip on the network, and we talk to them in Philadelphia. That would be a fantastic week. Out of all the
2: things I bring to the table, knowing people at WIP is one of them, one of the only.
0: Yeah. We would have to do that. So I think Philadelphia would be a team that I'd won. Uh, I, I, people are fearful of the 49ers. They have weapons. I don't know if they can put it all together consistently with Garoppolo. I just don't. They don't have the same run game they had a couple of years ago with Mostert and company. So I'm not fearful of the run. I'm not, uh, other than Kittle. Who can who can beat you at almost any point in the day? I'm not overly concerned about the 49ers being a team that you have to have to really genuinely worry about. I think they're good. I don't think they're great. Now Kyle Shanahan, the whole the whole Kyle Shanahan coming into school, Matt Lafleur after Matt Lafleur beat them earlier this year. I, I don't necessarily buy into that. Uh, they got Ayuk, they got Debo Samuel. They they've got some some guys they can run out there, but I'm not overly concerned. And Garoppolo is not great he's just not great I, I I do like Elijah Mitchell I will say that when it comes to the run game but I I don't think they're as good as they were so but they still got bosa they still got Armstead they still got uh um Jones you know they still got some guys back there in the middle the uh, Drake Greenlaw Roman the Rome in the middle they still got some guys but I'm not overly concerned about 49ers wouldn't mind seeing them Dallas is an all-round team. If Dallas ever figure, if Dallas ever pulls their head out of their ass, they could be a dominant team. They have got C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson. They've got go- a good trio of receivers. They've got a decent tight end in Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. They've got a good quarterback in Dak Prescott, who at times, for whatever reason, just loses his damn mind. But between Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Zach Martin leads and anchors that whole crew. Tyron Smith, uh, although he's on the COVID list right now, he should be back. Anchoring over in the left tackle position. They've got Micah Parsons in company as far as their defense goes. They don't don't put as much pressure on you as, say, what uh, the front four and front three of uh, San Francisco does, but they're pretty good. Their front four is pretty good. Randy Gregory, uh, Neville Gallimore. Who's the other one? Watkins. Bash them. They, they got they got some guys over there that can get it done. But I don't think they're as good in the secondary as what the Packers are and what the Packers have faced. Their nickel being Jordan Lewis. Who's the other one I'm trying to think of? Um, I drafted him last year in the second round. Oh, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. They're, I, they're good. They're not great. I don't necessarily fear Dallas. If they ever put it together, they're, they should be a juggernaut. But I don't fear them. So what team do you want to see? What team do you want to see? 877 867 You want to hit us up, go ahead and do so. Safety Doc, what's happening, man? Always good to see you on. Andy, appreciate it. Brett says, I want to see Arizona. Um, uh, George says, I bring on Philly. Um, uh, Chris, he wants to see Micah Parsons chase down Aaron Rodgers. See, I, don't, I think Parsons, while solid... As quickly as Aaron Rodgers has been getting rid of the football, I think he negates that pass Rush. I just do. Our buddy ESPN Steve says would love to see Dallas, a warm weather team, uh playing in a dome and a chance to have McCarthy fired a second time because of the uh, the Packers end up beating him. How about that? Um Anthony Brown could get torched, according to Chris. 49ers uh, have a great a pass rush. That they do, but I still think you can negate it with as quickly as Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the football. And the way they've really kind of mastered that that crossing pattern and those pick plays, if you want to call them that. You're not supposed to call them that, but that's what they are. Between Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, and MVS, and running Mercedes Lewis, and, and especially if you've got your offensive line back intact, you don't have to keep Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGora and such in to block. You don't have to have that help as much anymore. So I'm kind of leaning in that direction. I'm I'm good with that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends over at New Mail Medical, they got it going on. Why? Because they're good. Because they've been doing it a long time. They're the originals. So don't go to anybody else. Check out our friends at New Mail Medical. Look, we're into a new year. Uh, Just yesterday, just yesterday, I'm at the grocery store. I'm over at uh, Metro Market, over by Pick and Save. And I'm walking down, I don't know what aisle I was in, but a guy walks up to me and says, Hey, uh, unit there, you're looking pretty good. Does that work? And I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, I'm not being a jerk, but I'm like, yes, it works. What do you want to know? I'm good. Let's talk. Bring it on. And he wanted to know what it involved, what kind of meal plans, how long it took. I said, look, you see results in about a week. Just hang in there for a week or two, and you'll start to see dramatic results, and it kind of inspires you. And I said the best way to describe it, it's kind of like restoring a car. You restore this car from from crap, from rust and bolts and just junk, and you build this car. You don't want to take it back out and rub it through a mud puddle. Every now and then you go a little off-road, but you don't do it consistently. You keep the car nice. Same thing with your health, man. Go out there. Call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414 455 4451. Anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, by the way. One phone number, 414 455 4451. That's the New Mill Medical Center. Call them, whether it's ED. I didn't have that problem, but I know people that have gone in and said, hey, yeah, um, you know, I went in there. And next thing you know, I'm pounding four inch nails through a two by four. How are we looking? I'm working construction. Uh, or maybe you just want to feel better and just kind of get some energy. They can help you out with all of that. All you got to do is call. 414-455-4451 414-455-4451 that's the Newmail Medical Center. Stay tuned, more of the Bill Michael show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
2: Network. Now in Green Bay, Here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a week of practices during their bye week making corrections, improving execution, and preparing to face one of four teams from the wildcard games. The Eagles, 49ers, Cardinals, or Rams. Matt LaFleur,
0: you know, we're not going to cut any corners. We're going to make sure we do a great job first and foremost with our self-scout and then probably take a glimpse at some of these teams that we are less familiar with and, you know, take a look at the four potential teams that we could face here in 2 weeks.
2: The Pack- Packers moved right tackle Billy Turner off the COVID list. He's still rehabbing a knee injury. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, drawing more interest for head coaching jobs. The Jaguars, the Broncos, and now the Chicago Bears have requested to interview the 42-year-old Hackett.
0: Yeah, I would anticipate more interest in Nathaniel if teams are doing their homework. I think he's definitely deserving of at least being in the conversation with everybody and getting an opportunity to present what he's all about to all these teams. So I know if I was leading the search, he he would be high on
2: my list. On defense, Jair Alexander getting closer to returning to action after a bout with COVID. The Packers' pass defense finished in the top 10 under defensive back coach Jerry Gray. What makes the 59-year-old Gray so relatable to his players in the secondary? Packers safety, Darnell Savage Jr. For me, I just think the the amount of, transparency with how he communicates with us because he's been there he's he's been in different locker rooms he's seen different stuff he's been around so many different players I think it's uh it just makes it a lot more reassuring to just uh have a conversation like most of the time when we go to meetings or when we uh when we're studying football it doesn't feel like we're studying football it feels like we're just having a, a conversation amongst each other which is
0: good anytime you can uh you know work together like that it just makes everything easier
1: best Packers coverage.
0: Looking. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip, top tier alternative fuels. No PATMs. No reason not to stop and hang out with our friends over there at Quick Trip. Love them. Uh, this is from Jack. Jack said uh, you were at Metro Market yesterday. I saw you walking through the aisle. Didn't want to stop and say anything. You were talking to someone, obviously. After telling you about the uh, about the new mail ad, just uh, just before we went to commercial break. Uh, true. You know what? Ben, do you do a lot of grocery shopping or do you uh, are you more a fast food guy?
2: No, probably once a week. Go to the grocery store. Okay, I
0: I don't go. uh, I I guess I go to the grocery store a lot, but it's for little things Uh, between the metro market up the street and the Woodman's behind me. I just whatever I need, I go get. I don't like buy groceries for two weeks. But yesterday I went in. I don't even think I spent a lot or or bought a lot. It was like one hundred and eighty bucks. Now, I will say I bought a $25 bottle of wine, and I bought some light bulbs, which were like 12 bucks. So that was like $35, $45, $40. But I'm thinking, what the hell did I buy by the time I went to check out? Got some ground beef for some chili that I want to make and some oyster crackers and a couple other things. But I, by the time it was all said and done, I'm like, how much is toilet paper? Holy mackerel. Couldn't figure out where it all went. But I did. Uh, I, now when you're sick, and you you went through this, you were feeling ill. I know uh, Nelson was ill for a while, and a, you're not usually hungry, right? No. Don't don't get hungry a lot. No. So yesterday when I was in the Metro Market, I'm going through, and they have this this sushi station, and I'm like, you know, it, it the guy was making, it. I'm like, it just looks really good. And I love sushi, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and get it. So I, and that was like nine bucks. So I bought that. But I'm walking through, and I went over to the lunch meat section, and I'm looking, and as I'm standing there, it's right next to the bakery. I have not had pumpkin pie in forever, and they had one left. So I for four ninety five. So I bought a pumpkin pie. Unfortunately, the sushi is still in my refrigerator, and the pie is gone. I sat down last night, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be that guy that eats a whole pie. So, no. Last night at about 9 o'clock, I ate half a pie. And the other half went in my gullet this morning just before I went on the treadmill, which was embarrassing. But I have not done that in forever. Forever. But I ate a a whole pie in less than 24 hours. Whipped cream and all, by the way. You got to have that where you pile it on and it's like you can't even see over it as you, you can't get your mouth around it as you go to eat it because the whipped cream's everywhere but yeah that that was that was it i feel like you've explained every dollar you spent uh i kind of did